Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by TSX Broadway, I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, the Harry Potter effect on Silicon Valley, and President Trump is sort of getting another television program. But first, the tech lash. President Trump's nominee for attorney general, William Barr, had his confirmation hearings this week. And as we mentioned yesterday, he was asked a bunch about big tech companies from the perspective of competition and antitrust law. But he was also asked a lot about big tech in areas like compliance and privacy. And the words Facebook and Google were regularly on the lips of U.S. senators. Now, Barr himself declined to get too specific, but he did acknowledge that reviewing both the size and activities of tech giants would be on his to-do list if confirmed. Now, none of this is probably too surprising in the tech lash era, but it is worth remembering how new this all is. Former Attorney General Jeff Sessions testified in front of many of the same senators just two years ago, and such issues were not raised. In fact, the transcripts don't show a single mention of Amazon or Facebook, with Google only mentioned in the context of Googling something. So to get a better sense of how we got here, in 20 seconds, we'll go deeper with Dean Garfield, who has spent the past decade as CEO of the Information Technology Industry Council and who soon will lead global policy for Netflix. But first, this. Imagine watching your favorite performer live from one of the most highly trafficked corners of the United States, Times Square. Now imagine watching it against a 46-story tower that has full building LED lighting and the highest resolution 18,000 square foot podium sign in Times Square. TSX Broadway is making this dream a reality. Visit tsxbroadway.com for an inside look at the future. We're joined now by Dean Garfield, CEO of the Information Technology Industry Council. And Dean, it wasn't too long ago that big tech was kind of America's bipartisan golden child. You know, it was admired, it was to be emulated, and now not so much. So from your perspective, was there kind of a catalyzing event which got us from there to here? I don't think a singular event. I think if you were to ask the person on the street, they would probably point to Cambridge Analytica. But I I think it's a natural evolution where industries start, they're viewed as nascent, they're lightly regulated, much in the way that we had with oil and gas or uh, telecom or financial services. And then at some point, they're viewed as reaching a point of maturation in their challenges or externalities or problems that are identified. And so there's the quest for greater regulation. And so I, I think we are just going through that natural cycle with a lot more headlines more recently. There was a perception kind of when a lot of kind of tech lash began that one of the things that some tech companies, not all, obviously, you know, Facebook has had a ton of lobbyists in D.C. for a while now, but tech generally hadn't done a very good job engaging with D.C., maybe in part because they just didn't think they needed to. There were obviously organizations like yours, but, but generally the tech companies themselves kind of view D.C. as a different world. Has that changed? And, and going forward, how does that relationship evolve? I think the factual foundation is questionable. I would say the... How so? We didn't... Well, I, I, the companies have had a presence here for a long time. I think that presence has been more academic than advocacy directed. You know, so how do we enlighten on all of the, the goodness that we should be derived from our services, goods, products, and not straight ahead, hard-hitting advocacy? I think that has certainly shifted where we endeavor to advocate informed by data but it's less scholarly. 
here is what's good and what's bad. Here's what we want and what we don't. Uh, and so a bit more directed than it has been historically. There was a bunch of talk about antitrust during the bar confirmation hearings earlier this week. From your perspective, mm-hmm. does tech have a potential competition antitrust problem with regulators in D.C.? I would view it less as tech, actually, and more as are there particular companies within the tech sector that raise competition questions? And I would say yes, like every under industry. Um, I think as you grow fast, then the question of market dominance, whether you're acting in the best interest of consumers, becomes more pronounced. And I think the reason it's it's focused on tech or those questions are focused on tech is because we happen to be one of the fastest segments of the economy. And so it's just a natural progression of going from small to big. You talk about growing fast and and there was the old Facebook mantra, you know, the go fast and break things. You had kind of the, the Uber and the Uberite philosophy of, you know, go into a market and the regulators will follow or will get there and then fight them once you're there. Those companies obviously grew very big and very successful, and the strategy in terms of growth worked. And now there's obviously lots of second-guessing and Monday morning quarterbacking about it, suggesting that those strategies are what have gotten those companies into more present-day problems. Do you believe that the tech industry, particularly at the earlier stages, has there been a philosophy shift in terms of working with regulators, politicians, local officials, et cetera? Or if if you're a young company, do you feel they're still following that model? Because Facebook might have a lot of PR problems, but it's still Facebook. I think that emergent tech companies are thinking about the implications of their commercial decisions and what it means for society regulation much earlier. And so I would say seven to 10 years ago, when I would visit Silicon Valley, and would visit startups, they had a really quizzical look on why should we even care about regulation? Um, we're, we're just trying to keep the lights on and hire people as fast as we can and, and bring our, our ideas to commercialization. Th- that, is no, that quizzical look has certainly disappeared. People get, companies get the need to invest early and to be a part of the process. And so I would say that has certainly been a dramatic shift. Dean, you're leaving your job and you are heading to Netflix, and I know you are not there yet, so you can't necessarily talk too much about it, but what can you tell me about what do you see as kind of going to be the biggest, whether that be initiative or issue, you think you are going to to deal with, at least in the early days at Netflix in your role? I think the, the biggest thing for them is they're endeavoring to do something that hasn't been done, which is to be a storyteller studio, but not centered in Hollywood necessarily, but centered all around the world. And so I think the work for me will be how do we do that at scale while immersing ourselves at a local level all around the world. Dean Garfield, CEO of the Information Technology Industry Council. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you as well. My final two right after this. TSX Broadway is a unique full building promotional platform on one of the most traffic corners in the Western Hemisphere, Times Square. Capable of serving 15 million visitors a year, TSX Broadway is designed for the world's most ambitious brands. Think digital consumer engagement capabilities, full tower exterior LED lighting, flexible retail space, and even a 669-room hotel. Learn more at tsxbroadway.com. 
Now it's time for my final two. And first up is news that augmented reality game maker Niantic has raised $245 million in new funding at a valuation of nearly $4 billion. Lots of traditional venture capital investors in there, plus big strategic players like Samsung. So Niantic is the company behind Pokemon Go, a mobile game that was very popular, then got a little less popular, and then incorporated user suggestions to get popular again. Its next big release is an augmented reality game in the Harry Potter universe, which is probably a very big driver of that $4 billion valuation. And in fact, on the very same day, a Los Angeles-based game maker named Jam City, which already has a Harry Potter game on the mobile market, raised $145 million of its own. The bottom line here is that technology matters a lot, but beloved IP can matter even more. And finally, Donald Trump's Space Force is getting a documentary, or actually a mockumentary. Netflix yesterday announced that Greg Daniels, the guy who adapted The Office for American audiences, is developing a workplace comedy, quote, centered around the people tasked with creating a sixth branch of the armed services, end quote. And like The Office, this one's going to star Steve Carell, which I guess means Trump becomes David Wallace. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Grassi and Tim Shovers, have a great national hot buttered rum day. And we'll be back on Tuesday with another Pro Rata podcast.